What's up? Hey, welcome to The Shalene Show. I'm so happy you tuned into this edition. It doesn't surprise me that of the two people in this partnership, you're the one listening because obviously you're the one that's into personal growth and you're trying to figure out what in the heck are you supposed to do with this person that you care very much about who seems to be a little stuck. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today on The Shalene Show. Speaking of stuck, so Brett and I are currently, if you've just tuned in for the very first time, nice to meet you, super happy to have you. I do talk about my life in more detail on Fridays, Mondays, and Wednesdays episodes are devoted to personal growth. My husband, Brett, and I have been married since 1995. That's all I'm going to say because I don't know how many years that is, okay? Don't judge me. I know my weaknesses. I know my strengths. And let's just say that numbers is not one of them. But what I am really good at is designing a life that brings me great happiness and joy. And you do that by creating a plan and then executing on the baby steps, the bite-sized pieces that you need to make happen in order to bring your plan to fruition. And one of the plans that Brett and I have had for a long time is to, once the kids were moved out and on their own and doing their own thing, that we would be able to just pick up and go and be like laptop lifestyle entrepreneurs, you know? And so at the moment, we are living in New York City for a month, and we're just living our lives. People say, are you on vacation? I'm like, my life is a vacation. It feels like a vacation, even though I work seven days a week, doing a little bit, because it doesn't feel like work, because I, I love what I do. Like, I love recording podcasts. I love researching. I love working on personal development. I love teaching people business. I love what I do. I wish other people could feel this way. Anyways, why was I telling you the story? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I have ADHD. If this is the first time we've met, I also have ADHD. Oh, I know I was telling you the story, because we live in California normally, but since we came here to New York, which was like two and a half weeks ago, dude, I cannot get on the East Coast time zone. I am still on Pacific Standard Time. It's crazy. I'm recording this podcast right now. It's 11 o'clock at night. So I just took my sleep gummy. If you've never tried one, you should. And this is not an ad for the sleepy gummy, but maybe it should be. Because I had my daughter ship them to me. Don't ask me how, but I left California without my sleepy gummies. And I think my melatonin's just been all off, but the sleepy gummies have, they've got melatonin, CBD, cannabinol, and there's just something about that little concoction that works like a charm. It works like a charm for me. It works like a charm for my friends. I had my friends here this weekend, and it's kind of funny. Mindy Lawhorn, if you're listening, I was telling her a story, and the gummies had just shown up, so I took a gummy, and I gave her one. And as I'm telling her the story, I'm like, why are you yawning? Am I that boring? And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I gave you a gummy. Anyways, this wasn't meant to be about that, just that I am working to get back on the same time zone. And that's something Brett and I are working on together, which is kind of cool because it would be weird. I don't know. I just feel disconnected from him when we're not on the same page. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to create this episode today is because I've heard from many of you that you feel this distance that happens or is happening maybe between the two of you. There's always one partner and I know hello, I know that I'm talking to the partner right now who is more vested in personal growth because it's a podcast. And this is a podcast that's devoted to personal growth. So I mean, hello, I'm preaching to the choir. But I also think you're the right person to talk to. And let me explain why. 
there's always in all relationships one person who is more organized. There's always one of the two of you who's less patient. In a relationship, one of you is the communicator and one of you struggles with communication. That's one of the crazy cool things about the reason why the universe brought you together. You are not the same person. So before we go much further, and I promise I'm going to give you some incredibly helpful tips. They've worked for me. They've worked for hundreds of people who I've worked with on this particular topic. Don't forget, Brett and I have coached, not just virtually, but I mean, we've done in-person real life coaching with countless couples. We've done retreats for them. We don't do it currently, but we've done this in the past. So when I say this has worked for a lot of other couples we've worked with, I mean that. And I can share with you this, this is the spoiler alert. You will never be at the same pace. That's just impossible because you are two completely different people. One of you, and I know it's you, is always going to be more invested in personal development. So that's the first thing you just have to accept. Because if you're looking for someone who's at your exact same level, then you're looking for you. And, And that's just not that sexy. It's just not that sexy nor is it helpful, nor is it really about growth if what you think you need is somebody who's a mirror image of you. It doesn't work that way, all right? But what we can do and what I promise we will do in this episode is help you help the person you love to move forward because that's what it's about. You love them and you don't wanna leave them behind. Today's show sponsors are good friends at Organifi. Organifi gives you as a lifer 20% all of your products when you go to O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shalene. Again, it's code Shalene. That gets you 20% off all of your products. What I would suggest you try if you're looking for something chocolatey and sweet at night is the new Organifi Gold Chocolate. They just came out with it. So it's for a limited time. It's amazing. It's a blend of herbs and medicinal mushrooms. And I know what you're thinking, like, wait, it's supposed to taste like hot chocolate, but there's mushrooms. Trust me, it's a holistic alternative to hot chocolate. It doesn't at all taste like mushrooms. I promise you that. It will calm your nerves. It'll enhance your immune system. And it could actually help you sleep better, which I should probably have a cup of that tonight, just right after I record this. Organifi. Dot com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Shalene for 20% off. And while we're thanking show sponsors, I also want to thank our friends at Trophy Skin. Trophy Skin gives you, as a lifer, 15% off when you use their code, code LIFER. Don't forget that at trophyskin.com. Trophy Skin is a great company. Again, another one of those companies that I reached out to because I fell in love with this little machine that I brought home and started doing my own microdermabrasion instead of having to go to the salon. They've got incredible products. You know, if you can afford it, I would suggest the Ultra Derm. It's like, like I said, it's like microdermabrasion at home, but it also provides you with that kinetic toning and it's under $400. Now that might seem very high, For some of you, if that's not in the budget, keep in mind that if you're going to go to the spa and have this done, I mean, two or three treatments and you've already paid for your microdermabrasion at home system. Again, that's the Ultra Derm MD, but they've got super affordable tools like the Brighton MD, which you can use 
microcurrent stimulation for your eyes, your face, and your neck. And let's face it, some of us are a little leery about going under the knife, but we still want to look young and refreshed. So this is a wonderful alternative. And so I want to thank our friends at Trophy Skin for giving lifers 15% off. Again, that's trophyskin.com and enter the code LIFER for 15% off. All right, now back to you and your boo. So we've already established the ground rules, and that is you, the person listening to this podcast, more likely than not, you're going to be the one who is more into personal development for the course of your relationship, because that's just who you are. However, that doesn't mean that you won't be able to inspire your partner to jump into the self-improvement movement with you. It just means that they may never be moving at the same pace that you're moving at. They may never have the same enthusiasm for it that you do, but you know, that's okay. Take a look at some of the things that they wish you would do. (laughs) We're so quick to think that we're perfect in relationships. We have this like self-centered bias, right? But ultimately you've got to ask yourself, like, why is this important to you? And I assume it's because you care about this person, right? I mean, you want them to be happy. Hopefully that's why this is important to you. You don't want to be around someone who feels irritable or negative or stuck. And maybe the other reason you're motivated to help them in this regard is because it might feel like you're outgrowing this person and it never feels good to feel disconnected from someone we love. When we love someone, we don't want to leave them behind. But I also want you to be really self-aware in this moment and ask yourself, have you started to develop some resentment or this kind of superiority complex, which, you know, frankly, some of us get who, when we get into personal development, you kind of look around at other people and you're like, I don't get it. How are you okay with just staying the same when it's so much fun to be better? to learn, to improve. Like every part of your life gets better when you work on yourself. Am I right or am I right? I mean, that's how I feel. And I feel the same way. I sometimes don't understand people who just don't read books, don't care to change, don't want to go to therapy, don't want to face their own demons. They just want to stay the same. It's hard to relate. It's hard to have empathy, but it's important that we start there. Because think about why is it somebody would want to stay stuck? You know the answer, fear, right? Fear, fear of change, fear of loss. We think if we change, that means that we could lose the person that we love. Or we might have less significance in their minds. Or that change could be really uncomfortable, it might mean facing something that we don't know if we're equipped to handle it. So if you consider from that perspective, as opposed to thinking of your partner as someone who's just stubborn and doesn't want to change, what if you start off by remembering, keeping in mind that this is someone who's afraid? Fear makes us do things that can be misinterpreted as anger or resentment or closed-mindedness, but These are all ways that we, or other people, I should say, protect themselves. And nobody wants to be strong-armed in anything. Nobody, nobody, no partner wants to be told what to do or to feel less than or inferior to. 
You know, if you've ever been around someone who like suddenly decides to start exercising and go on a crazy diet, think about how you feel when you're like not in that place. And I assume you know what I'm talking about, where it feels a little annoying. It feels like they are being condescending or that they think that they're better than you. And especially if you've ever been around someone who kind of gets on a soapbox and they start making snide comments or giving you certain looks and you start to feel very judged, the last thing in the world that you feel is encouraged to join them. So it can just be easier to kind of like cross your arms and stay in your comfort zone versus taking the risk of being vulnerable or failing. So you shouldn't be surprised when you think about this, put yourself in that scenario, put yourself in a situation where someone is doing something that even if you agree with it, even if you think it's a good idea, like in that moment, you're just not into it or you haven't started or they're further along. And think about how you felt in that situation because none of this is going to work if you don't start with trying to understand where they're coming from and what might be motivating their desire to kind of stay the same or what seems like a lack of interest they have in self-improvement. Now, as you know, when I prepare for an episode like this, I do a deep dive. I go into the articles and podcasts. I talk to therapists. I tap into my own expertise and experience. And it's interesting. Some of the most common suggestions, because this is actually a very common problem, but most of the common suggestions are like, they're just not realistic. I mean, They sound good on paper. They look good in an article, but I'm like, dude, that won't work. That doesn't work. That would be great if the person you were talking to was already really into personal development and is already very evolved and has already done therapy. Like, sure, those tips are wonderful. But typically, the person who isn't into personal development, the person who's kind of stuck is oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes also kind of hurt. And hurt people have a difficult time moving forward because they're just trying to manage life. And now I'm saying that to you because I don't want to imply that every partner has the ability to motivate the person that they're with to make changes. You can't get someone to change who's unwilling to change. We can create an environment where they're motivated to do that, where they're more likely to, where it's more comfortable, that's the key, more comfortable for them to do that, where it feels like it's their own idea, where they feel safe about it. But there's a whole bunch of you who are listening right now who may be in a relationship with someone who's just really, honestly, so hurt And they've built up this thick exterior, this wall to protect themselves that not only are they not motivated, they just, they don't have the tools or the interest or the desire or the motivation. And they may never, in which case you have to ask yourself, is that okay? Are you okay with that? Because if you're not, then you have to figure out what the alternative is. And I don't want to get into that. That's like a whole nother podcast. But I don't want to just sugarcoat this because I've read too many articles and listened to too many podcasts over the course of the last four or five days on this topic where I'm like, this expert just isn't being realistic. And they're kind of sugarcoating things. You know, this utopian world where people change because you approach them with reason and logic isn't always reality. Okay, so let's just assume for a moment, though, that the person you love, your partner, 
is willing to change if we approach it from the right standpoint. So let's talk about how do you do that from the right standpoint? Well, first of all, I've done lots of podcasts on how do you get people to change? And one thing that we know, and you know this too, people don't change if they feel unsafe or unloved. So giving someone an ultimatum, wagging your finger in their face, making them feel as though they're being left behind those techniques, that strategy is not usually very effective. Instead, the opposite would be true. If we want people to be motivated, they have to feel loved. They have to feel accepted. They have to already feel as though they are enough. Because when people feel that way, they feel good about themselves, then they're more likely to do things that are outside of their comfort zone. Pastor Rick Warren, he's the author of The Purpose Driven Life. He says, quote, marriage is a lifelong course in learning to be unselfish. I mean, if that is not the truth, it is true. So the first step you have to consider is how to approach your partner, and not in a single conversation, but in a daily intention to interact in such a way that they feel loved and supported. So rather than telling them what they need to do, or what you're doing and what you would like for them to do. It's just inviting them into the conversation. It's sharing with enthusiasm the things that you're excited about and not being disappointed that they haven't asked you follow-up questions or that they don't actually want to listen to that podcast. I mean, I remember when Brett and I were, you know, probably in our first 10, 15 years of marriage, and I would, every single book that I read, I'd be like, okay, now I need you to read this book. And he would read, I don't know, maybe the first 10 pages or so. And then I would just, I would like follow him around and check the book to see had he read a few more pages. And and then I remember getting like angry and not saying anything to him, but feeling resentment toward him and bewilderment. Like, how could you read 10 pages of this book and then just put it down? But that's just not who he is or who he was. And, you know, to this day, Brett still isn't really a book reader in the way that I, you know, ravage through books. But what he has become is someone who's really curious to hear my summary of a book. If we're in the car together, I'll say to him, hey, do you mind if I put on my Audible book? If I listen to it, I don't say we. I say, do you mind if I listen to my audio book? And he's like, sure. And then he's listening to it by proxy. He doesn't even realize that what I just done. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't even pick up on the fact that I'm intentionally playing it in the car so that it'll seep into both of us. And I'll hit pause and I'll be like, did you hear what they just said? That is fascinating. I never thought about it that way. Where I'm just kind of thinking out loud. I'm involving him in the process as opposed to prescribing the process to him. Another way to involve your partner, and again, I could give you a prescription here, but I don't know what things you could say that would actually work, but I bet you do. So for me, with Brett, it's a matter of not making him feel like I'm looking down or that I'm unhappy or dissatisfied. And I don't know if that's true with your partner, but for me, it's like listening to him and knowing what kinds of things he would be interested in and knowing what his love language is. So Brett's love language is time together and physical touch. So pretty much if we're in a car and I'm holding his hand, I can get him to talk about anything. I can get him to listen to anything because I'm giving him the things that are part of his love language. So I think that's important. You know, we've done an episode about love language and that's a really central key 
to getting anyone to change is tapping into their love, right? Their love language. So if you want this person to feel loved, you've got to think about what is their love language. Next, you've got to listen. You have to listen to what is it they want. That's great that you're really into self-confidence right now or healthy habits, but maybe your partner is really focused on, or if you talk to them about it, they're really just focused on sleep, getting better sleep or getting in shape. Those are all forms of personal development. And I always say fitness is like the gateway drug to personal development. So just because you've decided on a particular track that is important and significant with regard to your own personal development, that doesn't mean that you should, by any stretch of the imagination, discount your partner's interest. And the only way you're going to know what your partner's interest is, is by having casual conversations. It's not like, hey, this afternoon, I want you to sit down and tell me what area of personal development you're interested in. Like that is the absolute word. Like that's what some of these articles said to do. I'm like, oh, please, whose world is that going to work in? I mean, I'd love to hear from you if, if that would work with your partner. But for most of us, that feels like a confrontation. It feels like you're sitting down with the principal or you've been sent to the principal's office or your mom is lecturing you. Like I just don't think that works for the average person. I think it needs to be low key. I think it needs to be wove into your natural conversations and dialogue. And really more than anything, I think it's about you learning to be a better listener, picking up on those subtle cues, like what is important to them? My next tip for you is to always make it about you or us. How much better would it feel if instead of your partner saying to you, you know, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm taking this course, I'm I'm going to therapy, and you're not doing that. Or worse yet, you thinking those things and not having that conversation with your partner, instead just building up resentment toward them. Neither of those options make you feel good. Neither of those options make your partner feel good. But how would it feel if instead you said, you know, I'm really trying to be a better partner for you. I want to be better for you. I know I need to grow. I want to work on my character. I want to work on my past traumas. I want to work on my listening skills, or I want want to dig deeper into my faith because I know I can be a better partner for you. If you say those words, now you're making it about you, and they may eventually follow your lead because you've softened them. You're saying, I want to improve me because I want to improve us. And leading by example in that way is just a wonderful way to invite your partner to do the same. Here's a very specific example that worked for us. I don't know if it'll work for you. It worked for us. I told Brett, I think it would be really helpful. My therapist thinks it would be really helpful if you could come to session with me, because I think it would help you to understand like some of the things that I'm working on to try to be a better wife. And I just think that'd be really helpful for you to meet with her as opposed to me saying, Hey, my therapist thinks that you're part of the problem or, Hey, I'm going to therapy and my therapist thinks you need to come to therapy with me to talk to her. You know, that feels like, Oh my gosh, now the two of us are going to gang up on him. It's all in how you present it. 
And ultimately, I'm just going to give you another real life example. You guys know I'm not a therapist, obviously. I want to just say that. So I'm just sharing what worked for us. And if it works for you, great. Take what works and drop the rest. But eventually, when things really got bad, I had to give him an ultimatum, especially when it came to his gambling addiction. I had to say, if you don't go to therapy, then I have to leave. It would say to me that you are not invested in the future of our children because you obviously have this illness and sickness and you can see what it's done to the family. And so I'm not asking you to go to therapy for me. I'm asking you to go to therapy for you. I'm asking you to go to therapy for our kids. But I'm not just asking you, I'm telling you, if you don't do that, then I will do this. I think ultimatums can be effective, but only, and I really mean this, if you are 1,000% committed to following through. Otherwise, just like with children, it becomes an empty threat and it eventually will erode the respect that your partner has for you. And the last thing I want to share with you is that this requires a heavy, heavy dose of patience. You've got to give your partner a lot of time. And by time, I don't mean six weeks, six months. It could be six years. It could be 16 years. But you also have to make a decision if it's a deal breaker for you. Can you move forward if your partner doesn't even try to take a baby step? Again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you're never going to be moving at the same pace. You're always going to be the person out front when it comes to personal growth. That's just, I'm sure there's an exception to the rule, but every single couple I've ever met in my entire life, there's always been one partner who's really into personal growth and one who's not. Or if even if both partners are into personal growth, there's one who's like obsessed with it. I would have to say maybe the only couple I know who seem to equally be obsessed with it would be Brock and his fiance Taylor. I'm like, these two are like so into personal growth. I'm like, you guys are overgrowing your personal growth. Like they're both into therapy and trying new things and working on themselves. It's really great. But I think that's a pretty rare exception. More often than not, there's one partner, even if both partners are into it, one of you takes the lead. And you need to be honest with yourself and know if that's okay. What are the deal breakers? Why is it important to you? And what would constitute a deal breaker? Don't forget when the two of you first got together, you probably were in kind of the same place. And it can often feel like without warning, you've changed the rules to the game. In other words, from the perspective of the partner who's stuck, it can feel like you have just pulled the rug out from under them or it's a bait and switch. It's like, well, I was good enough for you when we first got together and now you think you're better than me or now you've changed. It can feel very much like sabotage from the perspective of the other partner. Try to put yourself in their shoes We've already established the fact that, you know, you are likely the one who's got a little bit more emotional intelligence, someone who's a bit more evolved. So that oftentimes requires that you be the bigger person. It doesn't mean you should roll over. It doesn't mean you should become a doorknob, doorknob, doormat, but it does sometimes require that there's a bigger person, a more evolved person in the relationship, but never lose sight of you. 
and of what you deserve. And I can't wait for you to hear Friday's episode. It's going to be a good one. Brett Johnson says he's going to be here with us. So fingers crossed. Oh, and thanks to every one of you who has recently joined our pod squad. That is the Facebook group where you can jump in and it's where people who listen to the show, we regularly connect. By the way, I'm doing a pod squad meetup. So if you happen to be in the New York area on November 5th, we're all going to get together. You can send me a quick text message and let me know if you'd like to join us. We're going to go to the Heather McDonald comedy show. Some of us, I don't know if there's tickets still available, but before we go to the comedy show, if you want to connect with other people who listen to the pod squad and meet myself and a few of my friends, send me a text message and I will give you details. That number you can text if you are going to be in the area on Friday, November 5th is 949-503-9873 and just say, NYC meetup and I'll send you some deets. I asked the pod squad this week about a particular episode and where I should post it. I wanted to hear their opinion about network marketing, direct selling, if you will, social marketing, multi-level marketing, whatever name it goes by. I've noticed recently that they have really been getting a bad rap and I've heard people refer to network marketing as very much like a cult where they take advantage of unsuspecting women who lose all their money. And I've got some very strong opinions on this. And I think I have a very unique perspective that's from an insider and an outsider's point of view, if you will. I've watched a bunch of documentaries on it. I've watched YouTubes and TikToks and followed the anti-MLM movement and also the pro-MLM network marketing movement. And I've got friends on both sides of the fence. And, and I've got some really, I don't know, strong opinions on what's going on and why there's this you know, growing kind of backlash around it. I also have some opinions on if it's something that you're considering how you should go about getting involved and what risks you should be aware of. And so I asked the pod squad, where should I post this? And people said, probably it's a little bit more build your tribe. A lot of you said post it on the Shaleen show. But for whatever reason, I just decided, you know what, this is an opportunity for you to listen to build your tribe. So that's where it's going to show up. It's going to be on the build your tribe podcast that comes out tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this, Build Your Tribe comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It'll be this week on Thursday. So right now, go to our show notes. You'll see a link for Build Your Tribe. You can subscribe to it, and then it'll show up in your feed automatically. You'll hear all my opinions on Thursday, or just go to whatever app you listen to the podcast and search Build Your Tribe. Shaleen, it's a show that Brock and I do together. Again, this Thursday is the one where we're going to be talking about network marketing, multi-level marketing, direct selling, whatever it is you refer to it as. So be sure to subscribe. I think you're going to love the show. As always, I want to leave you by saying you mean the world to me. I know you have a lot of things you could do. So to spend your time with, with me is really important. And I hope that I've honored that. I love you. I mean it. I really do. And I'll talk to you soon.